This is the Global Shapers Gold Coast podcast, connecting with community and industry leaders to drive dialogue, action and change for a better future. As we shape the future of the Gold Coast and Logan cities, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and their connection to country. Hi and welcome to the Global Shapers Gold Coast podcast, where we empower our local and global community to create impact in the areas of health, climate change and shaping our city's future. We are your hosts for this season, Kara and Rashan, and we're excited to bring you another episode with a guest who has made a significant contribution into shaping our city, the city of Gold Coast. Joining us today is Ariana Margetts. Ariana is a corporate communication specialist and general manager of CoSpaces, an agency who specializes in the design, leasing and management of flexible workspaces, co-working and innovation communities throughout Australia. Ariana oversees the delivery of facilities management, communications, marketing and public relations and events for all individual spaces under the CoSpaces umbrella. So thank you for being here today, Ariana, and we just want to learn more about how you're, what the work you're doing and how you're achieving in fostering innovation, especially with co-working spaces. So thank you for being here. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So we'll start off by just asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey so far to becoming general manager of co-spaces and what mm-hmm. this role means to you. Okay. Well, I definitely didn't think that I would end up in like a real estate position. Mm. I'm a marketing and comms girl. So that's what I studied. That's what my previous roles were. I still love that at at the core of what I do. But I was in a role that I really did not like. And I can, it's probably been a a lot of time passed now that I can say that. But I, yeah, I really didn't like my previous job. And I was just in a position where I was like, I need to get a new job. So I actually cold called like people that I knew on my phone that had businesses or who owned businesses. So I was just like cold calling people saying, do you have a job? Like, is there a job coming up? I'm really, you know, I want to leave where I am. I was super trip transparent. And so my now boss was like, yeah, I've got a job for you. Like you can come and work for us. And that's how I ended up in working for CoSpaces. So that was a couple of years ago. Since then, we've picked up a couple more spaces I guess so we manage a couple of different brands under our umbrella and we've grown our team and yeah which is which is really exciting so it's been a good journey working working with the co-spaces team. What does your day-to-day tasks look like obviously when what the work you're doing it's quite unique and it's Mm -hmm. not something that you were you had essentially thought you will build a career towards as well as you mentioned so what does your day-to-day tasks look like mm-hmm. and how do you how do you actually foster a community like this so th- there's two parts of it I guess so there's the facilities management and the community management so for the facilities that's the buildings right that's making sure that your aircon works your you know your, your bathrooms are all good your cleaning or your contractors are, are in line with each other and with that I guess is making sure that you've got an eye over all of your expenses. You're not, you know, you're not spending more money than you need to. And then the community management side is is the people. So that's the fun part. So that's dealing with our tenants, all our different businesses that come in here, the things like, you know, activations, running events, you know, doing innovation programs to keep them engaged. Because what you want is is a community that comes in and they're super engaged in the space and there's a little bit more of an offering than just a desk, just somewhere mm. to, to work. So people want to have that opportunity to network with others, to go to events, to, you know, in most cases or in some cases there's people that work by themselves so to have that opportunity to feel like they're 
you know, a part of something a little bit bigger than a one-man mm. band is is really cool. So that's the true side of my um, role, I guess. Day-to-day is, is so different, which is so it, that's the best part of the job it's it's, um, it's not repetitive no <laughs> no and I think we're such a small um and nimble team as well so it's kind of all hands on deck for for different things as well so when we do really big events we all help out when we do a big onboarding you know uh, marketing campaign we take a lot of tenants on in one month if we do like a month free or something mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know it could be it could be D- different depending on what the day is we could be you know doing social ads making sure we've got a social ad campaign going out in the morning we could have marketing meetings where we talk about what's coming up what we need to you know get tickets for or, or organize for events some of our clients we have a government client so I do a lot of government uh, relations I guess in mm-hmm. that standpoint where you know you you make sure that their your clients are happy you make sure that we're we're making money mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah it's mm. a pretty well-rounded job which is the best yeah. part of it and yeah. you mentioned there's some programs and events mm-hmm. what are some going on at the moment mm-hmm. so at cohort innovation space which is one of the spaces that we look after we have a program manager here dren who is just incredible so we're super lucky to have him and he designs and delivers all of our programs in the space so some of the programs that we have at the moment are the founders club which is a peer learning founders club where different entrepreneurs from around the gold coast can get involved and and connect with each other and have that knowledge sharing aspect from you know sharing the same kind of issues mm-hmm. that they have we have the lumina x health tech accelerator which is a 14-week accelerator with 11 startups that are in the health wow. tech section so awesome. they go from you know customer discovery to product development to marketing and finance and that is almost finished at the moment so mm-hmm. we've got our pitch night coming up at the end of the month. So that's been something that's really cool to see businesses go from, you know, one set of the program all the way to the other. That's kind of the the cornerstone of our programs. That's the the one that I think is probably our most ambitious Mm. but has been really successful so far. But apart from that, we have Industry Insights Series. So we do one of them a month. We get a speaker in to talk about different topics that are relevant to our business community here. So it might be public relations, it might be sales, building your team, leadership. So they have been really successful as well. Not so much programs, but we do a bunch of events. So National Science Week's coming up. We've got an Australian of the Year fireside chat. We host the Startup Grind series, which is a Google for Entrepreneurs program. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably rambling a bit now, but yeah, we we do a whole bunch of activity here at Cohort. Yeah, it sounds like you facilitate some incredible programs. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a huge team effort, I think, mm. to make sure that everything everything runs smoothly here. But yeah, Dren's incredible. Janine, who is our community manager here, she's really on the ground making sure that we've got mm. people at events and, you know, all the all the details are sorted and yeah, really good team. Wow. Yeah. And so why is it so important to have flexible workspaces like cohort? And do you think there's an increasing trend away from more traditional workspaces? I think if you would have asked that pre-COVID, I still would have said yes. But that COVID has definitely accelerated that answer. We're seeing a trend now where previously where people used to come to work nine to five, even in a flexible workspace, Monday to Friday, every day, now they're probably more opting for a couple of days a week. They might be working at home a couple of days a week. They've got flexible start times. But we always did see a little bit of that because most people work for themselves in, mm. in this industry. So, But that has increased for the people who work for others. But what we are seeing, which is, which is really cool, is an increased trend of external bookings. 
So people who come in and book meeting rooms for a day or boardrooms or presentation space. Mm. So people who may have had a corporate office that have now ended their lease and they don't need it. They're working from home predominantly, mm-hmm. but they need a space to come in and see clients or do pitches or have board meetings and they don't want to have them at home on their kitchen yeah. table. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're seeing actually like an, an increase in, in bookings like that, which is which is really cool. So that kind of makes our community bigger in a sense because we're we're reaching out and working with more businesses. Yeah. And looking outside cohort and thinking about Gold Coast as a city, mm-hmm. there's a there's a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. about things, the innovation, the language, the pedagogy, all of those things are quite in the norm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this is? I think I think it's probably twofold, right? So we're a we're a new city really. Like we're we're relatively new. So, you know, most things that are that are happening, even in the development space, all the new developments are super cut, cutting edge, you know, and a lot of really cool infrastructure that is just getting built now. So that's a part of it. But also I think we're a bit of a small business city and that's lifestyle driven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the bigger cities, you might have a, a plumbing company that's got, you know, a hundred people that works for that company same with accounting and, and professional services mm. but here you would have a hundred accountants that work for themselves true they have a hundred plumbers that work for themselves you know you know so I think that small business flexible lifestyle, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah flexible lifestyle has always been a Gold Coast thing so there's <coughs> always been a trend for people working for themselves in in a more lifestyle driven yeah. city yeah. yeah but the entrepreneurial side as I guess startups start to get that support and a you know, we've had got some really fantastic startup stories on the Gold Coast mm. now, and that's quite inspiring. So even working with university groups now, and uh, we're starting to do a project with some high school students, you know, they have some really fantastic examples now to look at, at mm. super successful startups on the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned that with the COVID-19 pandemic, that's definitely been an acceleration of more flexible ways of working. But Mm -hmm. particularly on the Gold Coast, have you seen other innovations come out of this pandemic? Yeah, I mean, we had a team here that very, very early on were working with the Gold Coast Hospital to build out like a COVID-19 dashboard for them. So that was a super cool collaboration that we got to see. We have the Gold Coast Hospital, their digital transformation team work within our space as well. So just throughout that that time, I know that they you know, we're, we're building and launching apps in, in a super accelerated time frame than what they were would normally. So even just from like a service delivery sense, you know, sometimes the innovation doesn't have to be a, a brand new product. It's mm. the way of doing things. So we've seen a lot of changes in, in that space of uh, even just people working differently, I think is, is innovative in, in some ways. And if you could, building on that knowledge and thinking about the city again if you could propose one thing let's say it's your ideal mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. all the variables costs yep. anything that that could be what you want yes what would you propose one thing a change in it in the gold coast yes. yeah i mean i probably i'm stepping away from infrastructure and innovation i think what would be super cool to see in the kind of next next 10 years is an increase in live music i think that's something that the gold coast would really rally behind and get mm. behind, you know, boutique stadiums, mm. live musics, you know, it builds into big the acts, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I go to Brisbane all the time and, and see, so well, not, I mean, not in the past year, but you know, see super cool gigs up there that you go, oh, this would be so good down here. And we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. But I think a couple of boutique stadiums around wouldn't hurt. 
It's actually yeah. something that coastal towns up north Queensland do. Recently, we were I was there in Cairns, and they had this beautiful live music, and all they were all along the Esplanade, but different bands and different things. It was a one-off because it was a particular opening event, ceremony. Yeah. But that kind of thing, if they were pop-up shops, that would be actually a very cool thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, the city, I mean, all level of governments, but particularly the city of uh, Gold Coast is investing a lot into arts and culture. Hopefully, in you know, in the in the coming years, it's, you know, it's just something that we continue to invest in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and hopefully to the, you know, with, with COVID and everything, sort of reducing numbers, but hopefully we can kind of build back up to a, a way in which we can kind of hold more live music. Or, yeah, I um, mean, the pandemic doesn't help, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, yeah, it's it doesn't help, but, mm. you know, coming out of that, you know, we're on a real trajectory to continue that. Exactly, mm. and we're starting to see that in other countries too. There's a real emphasis towards bringing back that sort of that community spirit mm-hmm. through through events and through celebrations. and Definitely. So as part of the Gold Coast Global Shapers Hub, our impact areas are climate change, health and shaping the future of our city. So what are some things that you're doing in your personal and professional life that is contributing to these areas? I think probably in terms of shaping the future of our cities, you know, what we do at Cohort is is really try to support startups and small businesses to grow. And that means, you know, take on new staff, you know, making money that they're directly putting back into the economy. But we also focus on emerging industries. So things like your health tech, we've got labs so here. So health tech, biotech, med tech is something that we really want to focus on long term. That's why we've built Lumina X to support health tech businesses and really grow that cluster of, you know, that emerging industry. So, you know, every year we're going to have a stronger alumni network. Hopefully that will then attract, you know, startups to come here, investment, all of that kind of stuff. So that's one of the areas that we're focusing on um, that I do think is going to shape the future of our city. Um, Because we're talking about innovations that directly impact people's health. So it might be, I think, I'll try and give maybe a couple of examples from the accelerator. So we've got a startup coming through that works with people who have cochlear implants, so teaching people how to hear again through a gamified app, which has a huge impact on people Mm. within that community. We've got different applications that are being used in the um, orthopaedics side of things of how they actually treat patients. Again, like directly impacting people that live here. And, you know, we've got, 11 startups going through so I won't go through all of them but that is something that 100% is is changing the the not only the Gold Coast here but you know people more broadly in those spaces yeah yeah and that that also shows that there's that impact on health as well because you know there's there's a lot of medical innovations that are really being fostered by these sorts of environments yeah and I mean if you look at where we are in the Gold Coast Health and Knowledge Precinct you know that's what makes cohorts so unique mm-hmm. is that we have access to these, you know, world-renowned medical researchers, you know, people that are way smarter than us, mm-hmm. <laughs> people that are doing really, really cool stuff. And we've been able to access them and have them as mentors on this program. So even just having the ability to, mm-hmm. you know, to learn from people who are super specialised in these departments mm-hmm. um, has been a huge benefit to the program. Yeah, and also in terms of the impact area of climate change, I've noticed that in the cohort space, you have really made a conscious effort to 
involve sustainable practices such as mm-hmm. container recycling and sustainability mm-hmm. measures. So that's great to see. Yeah, well, that's actually our... So Janine, who's part of the Global Shapers team, she's one of our employees here. So she's our community and sustainable design lead. And that role was reshaped to to incorporate you know, to, to have somebody who's really looking out for those things. And if you know Janine, you know that she is super passionate in that space. So we were able to look at our supply chain and, and you know, switch out some things to make sure that we were, you know, trying to do our, our part in that space. So I think there's always more to be done, but even just small changes, you know, from changing to our recycled paper in the printer to, as you said, making sure that we're doing our recycling, you know, mm. better. We've got a worm farm now. So all of our organic waste from the kitchen goes to our worm farm we take out you know the organic matter for that and the liquid and we turn that into fertilizer for all all of our indoor plants so little changes like that in the space that our community has definitely all got behind as well yeah and I think that sets an example as well so one of the things that we wanted to talk about was your mentorship to the global shapers Mm -hmm. so we usually like to switch the vibe and yep. ask you, <laughs> what do you think it means to you as a person? Yeah. And what do you think you've learned from the mentorship? Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I was super chuffed to be mm-hmm. actually even asked to be part of this. And that was really early on. I think it was even when you were starting to form the group initially. So it's been super cool to be able to see how far you've come and just to see new people get involved. I think in terms of, I don't really see myself as a a mentor as such in terms of, you know, giving you advice and direction as to where to go. That's, it's not really what, you know, how I've been involved, but I think that it's just looking out for different things that I think would benefit you or that, you know, things that you guys would be interested in. So Mm -hmm. we have opportunities come across our desks all the time that, you know, may not be suitable for, for us, but really fit with what you know, the Global mm. Shapers team is trying to do. So, you know, doing different introductions and things like that. So it's more about facilitating those connections and then empowering, you know, empowering yeah. your team to really pick it up and, and run with it. But in terms of what it means for me, I really love my being part of the group. I think that, you know, it's a fantastic way to understand a little bit more about what else is happening in the city outside our own little bubble that we mm. get in sometimes. Um and as I said, you guys have such a fantastic team. So it's been really cool to, to get to know to know you all as well. Yeah. Awesome. We're very lucky to have you too, Ariana. I know My you question. say you, you don't give us advice, but I've really taken on board some of the things that you've told oh, us, particularly you. in regards to this podcast project. It's been great to have that guidance and to have the the space to record to at cohort and and also yeah the the networking and and prompting us to really think about our reach and our connections and and I think that's what has made the project successful and and continued us on a really nice trajectory yeah well you guys are going to continue I think long long after I'm involved in this (laughs) in this hub and so reflecting back on your career and all of your life learnings I know that's a big (laughs) a big ask yeah. <laughs> What's one piece of advice you would give your 20-year-old self knowing what you know now? 20 years old. I feel like 20 years old. I wasn't, it's not <laughs> that long ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's making me seem a little old. Um, I was actually, I graduated when I was 20. Mm. So I had already gone in and graduated uni. And I look back down, I'm like, I was a baby. And I came from a, like a regional town. So I moved to the Gold Coast to go to university here. And 
you know, when I, and I'm involved in, in different things at Griffith University now, so I see the open days and I see, you know, all the different things that people can study and they ship their school groups in and everybody gets, you know, go to uni for a day. We did not have that where mm-hmm. I grew up. No, we did not have that. We had like maybe like a couple of years old flyer that was given to you, like what you could find on the internet, like yourself back in, you know, the early 2000s. So I kind of just went like, oh, I'm good at speaking you know, I like English, I'm going to go into communications. And that's, you know, I went into communications and did um, marketing and public relations, which, to be honest, has really served me well. You know, Mm -hmm. I loved the degree, I loved my cohort that I went through with, and I love what I do now. But I could have, I have the marks to go into law. Like, I, I did quite well in school. And I really did not even think outside the box of anything that I could have done. Mm -hmm. And I look back now, and I think, you know, I would have loved to do law or engineering mm. or, you know, study science. I think that's probably advice that I would tell my younger self, but also advice that I tell students now that I work with and particularly high school students is really think outside the box of what you think you want to do because, you know, look at all the options that you have, I guess, mm. and particularly, I guess, with the new emerging industries. So, you know, you don't have to be a, a data science to go into AI. And I spoke with this about the the guys from Gilmore Space the other day, like you don't have to be an astronaut to go into the space sector either. There's so many supporting jobs around these new industries. So that's some advice that I would give myself. It would be to really look at all the options that you have. And it doesn't even have to be university. It can be mm. a, an alternate pathway into a career that you love as well. But yeah, that's that's my advice. Yeah. And I think Radical. that's really important mm. too, because I have spoken to people who are currently going through uni and I can tell there's a lot of fear around not knowing your life path and, mm-hmm. and sort of this, this sense that if you go into a degree that leads to a very specific career such as you know going into engineering and becoming an engineer that's a lot less scary than than forging your own path a hundred percent a hundred percent and and I guess we talk about you know women participation in different sectors as well and that is only going to change if you are put if, if it's at a high school level mm. because majority of Australians really go in or, or a huge chunk of them go in straight in from high school mm. and to go back and do a degree a little bit later in life is like <laughs> I know it works for some people and some mm. people do it and I've often had this conversation and people are like well why don't you go back and do law you get a postgrad you know degree and I'm like mm. I could not be bothered yeah. <laughs> to study again like that chapter is totally closed so I don't see like a huge career jump for me yeah. now into it into a different industry but and the way we learn is a little bit different because you might not necessarily have to go to uni and get something. And most of us, I know when I started to do a career transition, I ended up actually just jumping on Google and just reading every single thing and yeah. then found this Google course you could do for like three days. Yeah. And then we can start. So it's a little bit of a different shift as well. Now. Yeah. Digital Garage. I'm yes. pretty sure I did that like super early on, but they have a now, um, they have grow with Google now, yeah. which is like, you can learn Python, like you can learn, mm. you know, different leadership courses. Mm. Like they're, yeah, they're starting to take over that education space as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you already mentioned that you were involved in some other things mm-hmm. in uh, Griffith Uni, for example. Yep. How many things, if you had to list the things that you're involved with, um, what are some other other things you're a part of? I think probably the, the biggest one outside of work is the Southport Chamber of Commerce. So I've been on that board for 
I think it's four years, but I'd have to go back and have a look. It feels like four years. So yeah, that's that's probably one of the main volunteer roles that I've had, I guess, mm-hmm. over the, the past couple of years. And essentially what what that has entailed is, you know, really trying to be that connection between businesses and, and small businesses in particular and government. So whether that's providing opportunities for, you know, them both to be at the same space at the same time by hosting different networking or activation events or, you know, take, speaking to small businesses and then lobbying back to government what they, you know, what they want, whether it's different regulatory or changes or, you know, different outcomes that they want. Yeah, so that's, you know, some of the some of the things that we've done at the Southport Chamber of Commerce have been huge learning experiences for me. And it's definitely provided me the opportunity to just deal with a whole different range of stakeholder groups that I wouldn't not have normally done in my in my day-to-day job yeah um and when I first joined as well and and now you know somewhat as well it was a really cross-generational board Mm -hmm. so I I can't I think must have joined when I was 25 I think or 24 maybe and I had never really worked with you know a board that had you know that everyone was kind of set in their ways to you know but it had always worked mm. that way um, so that was a huge learning for me working with a cross-generational team yeah because my you know the team that we work with were all a similar age in my day-to-day job so that was something that I have really taken a lot of value from yeah and learn a lot from definitely and what advice would you give to our listeners if they were interested in getting on a board or being involved in a mm-hmm. project like that mm-hmm. I mean I think you definitely you have to find what you're passionate about so you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, what, what you guys have done. You've found that you're passionate about climate and, and health and shaping the future of our mm. cities. And then you've joined a group like the Global Shapers Gold Coast. And through that, you meet a lot of like-minded people and you make friends with people as an adult, which is, mm. you know, sometimes mm. a little bit tricky to do as well. So really valuable relationships and, and work-related come out of things like that. So I think you have to start... Um, with something that you're passionate about and often you know you don't have to be the person that's that's leading the show but even just getting engaged in different events Mm. um, in that sector is is enough or supporting the people that are already doing things in that space yeah and would you say sort of opportunities sort of arise as you make connections and and meet more people and and show your interest in those those areas well, I think wherever you put your energy into, right, that's where that's where opportunities follow. Yeah. So, you know, if you're super passionate about climate and you're going to, you know, you're going to rallies and you're going to different groups and you're really trying to contribute to, pos- you know, change in that space, you're going to meet a lot of people that are also doing that. You're probably going to meet a lot of employers who yeah. are, you know, who are, who are doing that, who have already won contracts or, you know, they're getting paid to do work in that similar role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, I think opportunities come from where you put your energy and, and passion into. Yep. Bit of a left field question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you learn? Do you learn through reading or listening or watching? Oh, gosh, I haven't really, like, <laughs> thought about that. I have like a a really good memory and I don't know if that's something that like I'm gonna lose as I get older or hopefully I just (laughs) hopefully that's just like you know that's my secret weapon but how do you retain knowledge like the memory is it actually when you hear something or see something no it's more it's more like photographic so yeah so I can read something and retain it okay um 
you if, know, if I that's can, the case, yeah. What's your best TV show that we that you'd recommend to <laughs> the listeners? My best TV show? Yeah. Oh, you could have said books. <laughs> books is okay. You could have gone with like you know, <laughs> books, magazines, TV show, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, political autobiographies mm. are like. I think anyone who knows me would say that I'm like a total political nerd, mm-hmm. um, which is which is fair. I'm definitely the person that you would want on your trivia team if it's about Australian politics. But yeah, so you know whether you love them or hate them, political autobiographies are, are really cool because they just give you that direct insight into what was happening mm. at that time, mm. particularly past prime ministers. So that that's something that's really cool but in terms of like a memorable book that stands out for me in my career is is Keith Ferrazzi which is Never Eat Alone and it's basically like a PR textbook from back in 2005 so what's that like 15 16 years ago now and it's all about PR and personal branding and this was pre-social media Mm. really so it's all about relationship building you know stakeholder engagement you know network like the power of networking and relationships Mm. and that's something that I read really early on uh, in my career and Mm. I still, you know, do some of those things today. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I had a follow-on question just out of interest Mm -hmm. with your marketing Mm -hmm. background. Do you believe in in people kind of representing their own personal brand? I think it's a choice. Mm. I mean, there's people that I see that do that really, really well. Mm. So they are their personal brand and, you know, it works for them. I think there's... There's people in businesses as well where they are the business brand and you don't necessarily have to be, you know, the the CEO to be the face of that business. If you're the one out there kind of going to all the events and doing speaking and, you know, being in that thought leadership role and you're the face of that brand, you know, obviously then that then that's that person. But I think it's it's different. You've got your personal brand and then you also have kind of like that business brand as well. Yeah. Sometimes people it, it merges in for both. Mm. Okay. They do say that in in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years, if you actually don't have a personal brand, you're going to be drowned in the sea of sameness. Yeah. And that was actually a very scary statement to hear. <laughs> well, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So that's that's super powerful as well because when you're, you know, speaking with people, you're making relationships in business or personal life. You know, if, if you were to leave and, and somebody brought you up in a conversation and you had those, you know, almost allies that, you know, mm. really want to speak um, well to your character, that's the, the testament of a strong personal brand. Yeah. All right, and thank you so much. We've learned... Mm. Absolutely a lot of <laughs> takeaways. I'm definitely going to be checking out that book myself because that mm. intrigued me. But uh, thank you for so much. Thank you so much for your time and giving us some insights into the work you're doing here in the Gold Coast. So. My pleasure. My pleasure. Mm. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you also to our listeners for tuning in to Global Shapers Gold Coast podcast, The Power of Youth in Action. We will see you in our next episode. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support from the city of Gold Coast and Laurie Minto, Global Shapers, Gold Coast Mentor and Director of Operations for Tomra Collection Solutions Australia for funding as well as the podcast support that they provide for us. We would like to thank the Cohort Innovation Space for providing this amazing recording studio as well as all the equipment alongside that. To stay up to date with the impact we're creating locally and globally, follow us on Instagram at Global Shapers Gold Coast. If you think you've got what it takes to become a shaper, apply to our hub by visiting our webpage goldcoast.globalshaper.org.au. 
We are the Global Shapers Gold Coast Hub of the World Economic Forum. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.